Good morning. Welcome to the Cape League Roundup. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the Cape League Roundup podcast this second day of August, year of our Lord 2021. It is a genuine bonkers thing that we're already in August of this year. It just feels like it's gone so fast. And as far as the Cape Cod Baseball League season is concerned, uh, we are only a few days away from the playoffs beginning, and that picture has gotten much clearer. And let's start with the game that determined the uh, final playoff spot in the East. The Harwich Mariners have officially secured a playoff spot. They defeated the Brewster Whitecaps last night 11-7 in what was quite a display of offensive power. The Whitecaps hit three home runs in this game to get themselves their seven runs, and normally a day in which you put up seven runs on 11 hits would be enough in order to give you a chance. However, uh, that obviously did not end up happening in this game because in no small part... The uh, Whitecaps, well, they gave up 11 runs. You play a game in which you give up 11 runs, you're going to have a much more challenging time of it. And starter Michael Prosecchi only lasted a third of an inning before he was pulled due to um, an apparent injury, so he left. The win ends up going to Eric Razelman from LSU, who went five innings, gave up four runs, two hits. He struck out seven, and he walked one. And this is one of Harwich's greatest advantages going into the playoffs is that they now get Razelman and Dombrowski and their fleet of elite starting pitchers that they can line up and get ready to go ahead of the postseason series. And they still have a chance at securing the top overall seed. They are two games back of the Whitecaps for the number one overall seed in the win column, one back in the loss column. So that number is one and a half for Brewster to clinch number one overall seed. It's still possible for Harwich to get the top spot, but it would take a couple of really uh, interesting bounces and twists and turns in order for that to come to pass. Uh, The loss ends up going to Hunter Owen, who threw three innings, gave up seven hits, six runs, Walked three and strike out three, and all of the runs he gave up were earned. So a kind of tough go for Owen, who came on in right after Prosecchi left with his apparent injury, which um, it was just a tough time. And then the next reliever who came on, Greg Ferrone, threw two and two-thirds innings, gave up five runs. Only one of those was earned. He gave up four hits, two walks, and three strikeouts. Because at the time that Ferrone came on, if it were just the one run that um, where Earn had been given up, then they would have ended up tying this game because the Whitecaps offense ended up mounting a pushback, but they just plain couldn't get the full distance all the way back. Brock Wilkin with a hit, two runs scored and two runs batted in. Dylan Phillips with two runs batted in. Chris Newell and Carter Putz with a run batted in each. And a great, great, great day for the shortstop from Notre Dame, Zach Preisner, who had four hits in four at-bats, three runs scored, a run batted in, and a walk. He was a dynamo in actually the eighth spot in that lineup for Harwich. 
and man, this is going to be a great series between Harwich and Brewster. We're not sure where exactly Game One is going to be of this series. If the if the Whitecaps win today and Harwich loses today, then uh, we would be seeing Brewster as the number one seed, and that game would be at Stony Brook Field on Friday and Game 2 on Saturday, assuming there's no rain or anything. If that changes, then we could see Harwich hosting Game 1 at White House Field, but the uh, we'll see how that ends up sorting itself out. Harwich is at Orleans tonight. Nathan Florence is the scheduled pitcher for the Orleans Firebirds from Wilbraham, Mass., and from University of Hartford. I'm unclear as to who the probable is for Harwich. I'm guessing they're probably not going to want to throw Dombrowski uh, quite yet, so they'll have to try and um, make a uh, make this performance work out for them. Meanwhile, the Whitecaps are hosting the Highness Harbor Hawks, and Brewster's going to put Chris McIlvain from Vanderbilt out on the mound to start off today's game. And we'll see how that goes. 4 p.m. first pitch at Stony Brook Field. And let's deal with the other game that had significant playoff implications, though not officially nailing it down yet. It is still looking extremely likely that the Katuit Cavaliers are going to be the second seed in the Western Division playoffs. Katuit defeats Falmouth 12-9 and gets one step closer to the playoffs. They have officially eliminated the Wareham Gatemen from playoff consideration, and they did this by bullpenning their way and muscling their way through an offensive showcase against the Commodores. Harrison Cohen got the win. He is from George Washington and from Syosset, New York. He threw two and two-thirds. He gave up two runs, a hit, six, uh, two runs, one earned, six hits, one walk, and two Ks. This was not a terribly impressive pitching display from either side, particularly Katuit in the ninth inning. They struggled to get the last out. Joseph Geeg from Lynn, Massachusetts, and from BC ended up getting the last two outs and ended up getting the save to secure the victory for the Ketteliers over the Commodores. Falmouth now drops to 14-17-2. They are one game back in the loss column, but they are three games back in the win column of the Ketuit Ketteliers. So it hasn't been made official yet, but it is almost certain that the Cotuit Cavaliers will be representing the second seed in the Western Division when all is said and done. The loss for Falmouth ends up going to their starter, Adam Stone from Harvard, from Stamford, Connecticut. He only threw two and two-thirds innings, gave up six hits, eight runs, seven of them earned. He walked three. He didn't strike anybody out. That is a tough way to go. Uh, he tried muscling his way through, and he just didn't have it. The bulk of this damage came in a seven-run third inning, which was just a nightmare. That you know, They got the first guy out, and they felt like they'd be okay, and then immediately thereafter, the Katuit offense just kicked into overdrive. Uh, home runs hit by Jace Grady and Eric Brown, and also their left fielder, Matthew Suggs from UNC Wilmington, uh, yeah, three different home runs hit, two doubles hit, Grady and Noah Bridges as well. This was just a case of the offense poured it on and did not give the Commodores any respite or any chance to breathe. And Katuit just needs one more win 
to sew up the last of the playoff spots. Let's deal with the games of the teams who um, will not be in the playoffs at this point in time. It has been officially secured that YD, despite a 9-2 victory over Hyannis last night, is not going to be advancing into the playoffs. And I believe this is the first time in a long, long time that the YD Red Sox, under the direction of Scott Pickler, will not be appearing in the playoffs. This is, believe me, this is strange to see YD, a team that in the middle of the 10s, the 2010s, were the dominant power in the league. They've been at the top of every single season, it feels like for an extremely, extremely long time. Yeah, this will be the first time that the YD Red Sox have not participated in any playoffs since the 2008 season. Now, mind you, this season's playoff format is different with only two teams compared to four, but even still, when it was just two teams, YD was a regular playoff appearance. But this year, no. YD will not be hosting any games in the postseason at Red Wilson Field, which is incredibly, incredibly strange. And they were, last time that we had a postseason, they were only a little bit outside of the playoff picture, and they barely missed out on playing for the Cape League Championship again in 2019. So this is strange for Scott Pickler's team to not be going on to the playoffs. They get the victory over... Um, over Hyannis, Patrick Gallagher starts and goes six innings, two runs on five hits and four Ks. He does a very, very nice job. The pitcher from Leominster, Mass, and from Connecticut, the loss goes to the Hyannis starter, Daniel Gill, from Valdosta State in Valdosta, Georgia. Only throws four innings, four runs, three hits. Three of them earn seven hits, two walks, and six Ks. So a, just a tough season for Hyannis at one point, losing 12 games in a row. It's a new coaching staff over there with the Harbor Hawks, and they've got some work cut out for them to improve their program over the next couple of years. Uh, the Wareham Gatemen, despite being eliminated, have earned an impressive victory over the Bourne Braves. 10-3 was the final. This was powered by a nine-run fifth inning by the Gatemen. And by the way, they did this on the road. So that goes well for the Gatemen, and this was just a parade of hits and an error by the Braves that would have gotten them out of the inning. The win ends up going to the first guy out of the bullpen for the Gateman, Jack Noble. Throws three innings, three runs. All of them were earned. He gives up two hits. He walks nobody and he strikes out three. He's from Long Beach State, which by the way is maybe my favorite baseball mascot named the Long Beach State Dirtbags. The loss to Jake Bennett, who threw three innings, giving up eight hits and one run. The problem is that Bourne got in a hole and they never dug out of it. He only gave up the one run in the third inning, and really the game was lost in the fifth, but that's just kind of how that uh, that stuff works itself out, I suppose. Tommy Troy had the day, had the offensive uh, run, of the, run of the works. He had three hits, a double, and a homer, and two runs batted in, and three runs scored. So he was power of the day. Jim Jarvis also had four hits, including a double, two runs batted in, and two runs scored. Every team on Cape has some very good ball players, and 
every team has guys now that will be drafted when it comes time for the uh, when it comes time for next year's draft. Uh, very quickly, Chatham defeats Orleans three two, and that is a um, was a game that was pretty well attended twenty four thirty three two thousand four hundred thirty three people. They get good crowds at both of these fields. The win goes to Cy Nielsen from BYU. Five innings a run. It was earned five hits, one walk, and three Ks. Good job for him. And a four-inning save for Bryce Osmond to nail down the victory. His first save of the summer. Four innings, one run, five hits, no walks, and six strikeouts. Uh, on his behalf, the loss goes to Orion Kerkering from South Florida. He ends up with a final season record of 0-3. This is probably going to be the last time he pitches on Cape. Seven games, three starts, 18 and two-thirds innings, 22 Ks, and eight walks with 20 hits across those performances. He got into a couple of uh, points that just went sideways on him, but I'm sure that he learned some tricks and some skills that will aid him when the time comes for his college baseball season to get underway at USF. The offense for both these teams, led by the guys, mostly by the guys you would expect, Tyler Locklear, with a double, the only extra base hit of the game for Orleans, which really is quite surprising. Uh, the DH, Nolan McLean, hit a home run in this game from Oklahoma State. And, yeah, this... Chatham offense flexed enough muscle to get a victory, and the pitching did its job for the overwhelming part. And that is how the games yesterday wrapped themselves up. The games today, I've already mentioned Brewster Hyannis. Brewster has a chance to clinch the number one overall seed. Chatham's at YD, um, and Harwich is at Orleans. Those games... Well, Harwich has a chance to get the number one seed in the East and get home field in the playoffs. Bourne is hosting Katuit, and Katuit, with a victory, can secure the second playoff spot. Falmouth is at Wareham. Falmouth is not eliminated from the playoffs yet, so they've got a chance to really do a job here. The trouble for them is that Tyler Tuthill is going on the mound for them. He's not a bad pitcher. That's not the problem, really. He's 1-1 one one on the summer with a 531 ERA with 22 innings thrown, 24 strikeouts, 7 walks, and 21 hits. He is not the problem. The problem is that they're facing Adam Major, who's in the running for Pitcher of the Year. He's thrown five starts so far. He's from South Dakota State, and he has an ERA of 0-3-8. He has given up one earned run the entire summer from Woodbury, Minnesota, and from South Dakota State. You find pitchers from all over the place in this league, but South Dakota State is a brand new one. Of course, the 0-3-8 is the lowest ERA on Cape, so if Falmouth is going to stay alive, they are going to have to show up in meaningful force in order to have a shot. Meanwhile, Katuit is at Bourne. If Katuit wins that game, then they are going to secure a spot in the playoffs. So in order for Falmouth to make it in, they would need Katua to lose out and not win any of their remaining games. Falmouth would have to go at least 2-0-1, but really they have to win out if they are going to have a chance. If over the next three days Katua wins one game or Falmouth loses one game or ties two games, 
then our playoff uh, discussions are completely secure and finished. I don't have a probable yet for the Cavaliers in this game. The Braves are going to put Matt Jacek. I don't actually know how to pronounce his last name. It's spelled J-A-C-H-E-C. I really don't know how to pronounce his name. He's from Indiana State, and he's actually making his debut for the Braves in this game. So we'll see how that goes. And there is still intrigue in four of these games, actually, for the last couple of playoff determinations that need to be made. So that is how that works itself out. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Cape League Roundup Podcast. We hope you enjoyed it and hope you got some value out of this. I'm Chris Lynch. and Get out and enjoy some sun and enjoy some vape.